0: Hi everyone, I'm Nick Kirkenmeister from Heartland Wines and we're coming to you today from the Hi-Fi section at Wolfie's Records on McGill Road. I'm lucky to be joined by some icons of the nord Paynham St Peter's region and right here to my left I've got Daniel who's here from Argo which is uh, fabulous and everyone knows it from the parade. Christine is joining us from Couture, Love, Madness, and is also going to tell us a lot about her experiences with Nord and that that strong, close connection. And, of course, Nick is joining us from, well, I guess, firstly from the Odeon, hmm. but also from Australian Dance Theatre. Yep. So a local icon and a national and international icon. So you've got a lot to live up to today, don't you? <laughs> Thanks. So much pressure. show. <laughs> yeah. I guess I I want to start by asking um, sort of a collective question. Because you've all had involvement with the area for such a long period of time, either through family or personally, how do you think that your connection with NORD and and for ADT as well, how it's evolved what you've been doing over the years? So I'm going to put you on the spot because I think everyone who's ever been on the parade knows Argo in one incarnation or another. But it's evolved so much.
1: It has and I, I was laughing when you said icon because just I still see it as the cafe <laughs> i have got to go to the cafe and go to work. <laughs> um, yeah I think how we see ourselves on the parade I definitely see myself depending on the relationship Christina and I met when she was working with MPSP, mm. and I was probably one of the agitators on the street. Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I have stopped doing that recently so now it's more about community engagement and to such an extent that we always have supported all the local schools, mm-hmm. um, sports clubs, cl- doesn't matter what's going on we're there for them to come to. And often if they can't get an answer from a politician or something like that, they'll come to me and then I'll go in and bat for them as well. So it's, I like to use my connections for the benefit of the community, but I don't advertise that, but now I am obviously, <laughs> uh, because i find that the cafe's got great resources and all the people we meet and if i've got a question more than likely the premier will be in the police commissioner you know liquor licensing commissioner they'll, they'll come through the shop at one stage or not so it's great to have that access to those people
0: i think uh nick and i'll swing this one over to you first and i'm really putting you on the spot because mm. in a weird way you're also the new kid in town but Anyone who knows the parade, they're going to know Argo. They're also going to know the Odeon in one of its many incarnations. I did shows there when I was a kid. But now it's the home of Australian dance, theatre. And have you seen or experienced or had an understanding as to how the local community interacts with the ADT and how they influence each other in that way?
2: I mean, I have to be upfront and say that I've only been... In South Australia since January. I was hoping you were going to make this yeah. up. You know, <laughs> you're going to wing a bit creative. No, for but I'll try and be creative. <laughs> I guess. Um, I think. I mean, firstly, what what coming what uh, the Odeon means for ADT, I guess, is that before we were in Norwood, we we're at the Wonderland Ballroom, right, for many many years, and then before that, we were in the city. So I guess in a way, this has brought us closer or back closer to, to the CBD, even though we're just on the fringe, we're closer than we were in the past. I think, but what the Odeon has meant is that we're now part of a, we're now part of a very well-known locale. You know, we're incredibly mm-hmm. close. We're close to the two other businesses here today. Um and but what it's meant is that we can we can offer classes like we do and we're obviously the home of ADT so we perform we perform some of our works there but we rehearse and create all of our new works there but it also means that we can open up the Odeon which it hadn't which we hadn't done before no one had done really before for other arts organizations to come and use it as well so Mm -hmm. the Adelaide Festival comes every year so they do two of their shows in our space Uh, and you know next year we're looking at other major arts companies around Adelaide to try and bring them in as well so I guess we're I guess because we're, we are as in ADTs the new kid on the block we're trying to do as much as we can to really activate the Odeon so it becomes even more well known and more or more known as a as a performing arts venue I mean it's been, always been an art space so patch was in before we yeah. um, they they left in August 2017 and then we officially opened in May 2018. So I guess we've moved a little bit away from patching Is that in that we are a theatre that people can, can rent out and, and, uh, and many people do. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't necessarily know. W- we obviously don't have the history that these two guys have. Mm. I mean, that's quite, mm. that's quite clear. But obviously the Odeon has a very strong history. I've mm. spoken to people who I've met over the past couple of months who are, you know, in their 70s and 80s who are Adelaide born and bred and they all have incredibly fond memories of the Odeon. Passionate about you know, the Odeon. They yeah. can talk about, they can even um, reconfigure reconfigure it for me and they talk, so I understand how it looked before before it was before St. Louis was there, you know, so to understand where the entrance used to be and all of that kind of stuff and and even our offices, obviously it's all been there's been many building works in the building, but we can still
0: see obviously the old ceiling and the um, the balcony boxes and that kind of stuff. So surrounded by history really. Completely. Yeah. Speaking of festivals, um, obviously you've brought so much to the community over the years with uh, the Adelaide Fashion Festival. Now you're bricks and mortar. Correct. You're right there with Couture Love Madness and people are able to come to you and find you here in the local community. But has your experience of the the area sort of moulded what you're bringing to the table?
3: It's really interesting because I started with the area when I was 22. So it's been a couple nine, of years ago, a couple of years ago. Um, so it's been a good nine years going back and forward, uh, starting with council. Something had always dragged me up to this way. I went to school up at Loretto, not far from here. Um, but I actually live on the other side of Adelaide. I live down at Westlake. So I live like completely polar opposites up here. Um, I loved working for council. I loved the community, Uh, you know, we were working with teams of people and so many local businesses, including Daniel's, and it was really great. Like it's a great vibe, Uh, everyone really gets on board and um, it was so lovely that when I had the business for, for the last 10 years from home and was thinking about getting a new space, whether it was a studio or a shop front, I wasn't really sure, And I was sitting at the lights, the corner of Portrush and the parade, turning left onto the parade, and I saw the fleece sign go up in in our shops that we're in now. And I remember pulling over and calling Dad, and he's like, oh, forget about it, you can't afford it, don't even think about it. (laughs) And um, he was definitely right. Um, (laughs) But the landlord met me within an hour, and I just got a really great vibe from her, and um, parents went down to see it on the weekend, and we just loved it. And it's a big space and I didn't think I was going to be able to fill it. And now we've, it's completely full. And dad's like, how do we have all this stuff at home? I'm like, I really don't know (laughs) because it was in our garage and I was working, um, in our living room and it just became really hard as the business started to grow. We'd have people be at our house through, you know, up to 9 PM during the week nights and everything. And there was just no space and it was, it's hard, you know? Um, so it's been really great to have a designated space that people can come and visit by appointment. Everything's made locally on site and um, we do have a small team now, which is it's good. It's like adulting, you know.
0: So much of the time you're helping people to create one of the most special occasions in their life, whether it's going to the prom, whether it's the biggest day you know that the wedding day absolutely so so much of what you do requires a really intimate relationship with your customer is it something that's easy to cultivate in this space you that you're finding that being in the, in sort of a shop-like environment having come from your own home, that yes. you're still able to bring that experience?
3: Absolutely. I think people take you more seriously when you have a shop, even though you're producing the same quality of work and things like that. Um, there's definitely a you know bigger level of professionalism and things like that. And the way – I guess my personality hasn't changed the way that we go about business. It's a very personal experience. Um, it doesn't matter whether you're going to a formal or a wedding, or your mother or the bride, like you're working with these people, sometimes up to nine months. Um, and many of them have become lifelong friends, which has been really exciting as well. And it's just, we're very, have a very collaborative approach. So it's all about the client and us coming together to see their vision with our craftsmanship and producing something together. So special.
0: I think one of the connections for all three of you is that. You do bring more and more to the community each year and I was thinking about the Australian Dance Theatre with the ability now for some normal person to walk off the street and actually there has been this ability to have dance lessons. Where, where did that come from and is that something that you're hoping to continue with in the future because it's inspiring but it must also be very challenging?
2: Uh, our public dance classes have been... With the company in some shape or form for a number of years, so we did them in Hawthorne. Uh, we did them in Hawthorne at the mm. Wonderland Boring, um, but they obviously a consideration in moving to the Odeon was that we could do more of them, and we do do more now. Um, we used to have about ten a week, um, but we've with COVID, obviously we had to cancel them all in March, uh, and we've we're slowly re-establishing them. But even as of last week, when uh, the rules around COVID marshalling came in, and um, you know, I've been into Argo the other day, and I saw the COVID marshals, which was obviously very reassuring. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now we're again having to look at how we can do how we can do the classes so we maintain um, it's quite boring, but our compliance, but also ensure that the health and well being of of our staff and also the the dance class participants, are, you know, a top of mind. Of um, but I guess I mean it is for. I wouldn't call it normal people. It's for everyone. It's for anyone to come and do classes. And we do uh, ballet, contemporary class, uh, hip-hop we have done in the past. Um, and they're, you know, they are popular and people love them. And the idea that they can come into a space that is used by ADT and, you know, we are the oldest contemporary dance company in the country. We've we tour internationally. We have seasons all around Australia quite regularly. And I guess the idea that we can, uh, that that anyone can, like you said, walk in off the street and do it. And, and people do do that. And some of them come having had no dance experience ever. And we do absolute ballet, absolute beginner's ballet, uh, which is really, really popular. Um, I'm starting it in a couple of weeks with a mate. Um, Good luck. You know, which – and – uh, I think that it's. I mean, god if I can do it, I'm sure anyone can. But uh, um, the
0: first time I tried ballet, my teacher thought I was having a medical episode, <laughs> so I, I, I left that for a while. Well, maybe you can come back and try again. But I think,
2: I think it's really important for us to be able to to have that is quite a public face of ADT. Something that uh, some other arts companies don't have. Uh, we, I mean, we perform. You know, a couple of times a year, and more often than not, that's in in the city at the festival centre. So I guess with mm-hmm. the with the dance classes, a it's a way to get people in the door who have mm-hmm. never, maybe, who have never kind of danced in the sense that they come into a studio and they get taught how to do it. But then also it opens it up. It opens up the ODN uh, to to people who might not interact with the company ever, you know, or only do it when we are in the you know in the Dunstan Playhouse or the state or the festival theatre. So. They are quite – yeah, they're an interesting mix. It's an interesting kind of part of our, our business but one that um, has been a bit challenging over the past few months obviously.
0: Well, speaking to that because, I mean, Nick, you've been talking about how basically how lucky we are that we're able to bring these sorts of things back again but I was wondering having the modern Argo for me Mm-hmm. is always busy. It's always bustling. And with everything that's been going on, has this transformed the business again? I mean, is delivery now a more important important part of your life? or how's yeah. it playing out?
1: Uh, I think I have to be very careful how I answer this because it's definitely impacted us, but we've obviously adapted. <clears throat> there was no doubt about that. That's I got over that in the first day. and then we just started doing everything we could. So we ramped up our retail delivery, uh, home family packs. Um, we started doing cooking classes. We've got events. It, it's, it's cleaned the business up to be even more efficient. Uh, got all my to-do list stuff done, all the big checklist stuff, which was great. I think it's made it a better business. So it, what COVID has done to the world is very tragic. But for us personally, because we're so lucky in South Australia and Australia, we haven't really felt the impact the rest of the world has. We've had an opportunity to reimagine ourselves And even though we're busy and bustling we're we're operating at a very reduced capacity, even below the COVID step three um, recommendations, purely because it's such a high profile business. Mm. And because of that, people see people around the shop and they go, oh, they're not complying. We're actually complying beyond what we have to. And it's purely because of that locality. You know, there's great things about the parade, but there's also that where I'll go to restaurants and cafes and they're, you know, shoulder to shoulder, Um, but because we're so high profile, we've got an eye on us.
0: Mm. Iconic, not just for being there for so many years, but also we're talking about fresh food, we're talking about sustainably sourced, and also just the whole look of Argo. I mean, I think the mural uh, up on the sidewall on Margaret Street's become iconic in and of itself. Yeah, What inspired that sort of transformation that bringing to life that vibrancy not just of color but in the dishes and and on the wall as well it seems like a a big artistic contribution there
1: yeah i think the model that we follow and always have is continuous improvement so even the murals they stay for six to eight months and they change Mm. Um, the menu is always updated we reprint our menus every six weeks with tweaks so everything we do from you know, everything from the bathroom all the way out to the front of the shop is always, a, It's I'm always assessing it going, how can this be better? Can we improve that? Even if it's by 5%, that's what we do. Uh, the murals have become part of that and I think that's because of the Instagram world. Mm. It's become so okay. important to have something there for people. Um, and I look at, I always look at the front of the shop and go, how can we impact people before they get inside the store? And that's why there's so many plants and mm. colours because it's about as soon as you cross over Margaret Street or you come from, you know, your side of town, what do we call that side? (laughs) Top of the parade. Top of the parade. Um, You've got to to feel like you're actually entering a different zone. Mm. And the whole purpose of all that is that people stop and look and go, what's this about? And that's how, you know, half the battle with business is getting them in the door. Mm. And, you know, everyone can attest to that. I think what these guys are doing, particularly both of you, is – you're providing a service of engagement with the community, which other high streets can't do. And that's why both your businesses are more important than my business, because we're a cafe. You can replace us. You can replace us with anyone. It might, may not do it as well, but what ADT and the couture business do is something you can't get anywhere else. And that's why I believe the council and state government should get behind businesses like this, because, They keep High Streets alive.
0: I think that that extra element that you're providing, that creativity, that Mm. artistic impetus is something that that is rather unique and it does connect you to both of these businesses because obviously the core of what you do, Christina, is creativity. It's Mm. an artistic endeavour, refined and brought to someone in a way that they can fall in love with. What brought you to this i mean when did design enter your soul and and become part of who you are the beginning
3: so ever since i was five the only thing i wanted to do was make dresses so i used to make them for my barbie dolls and staple them together and our craftsmanship has grown from that thank god
0: (laughs) Um, do do you still do that i'm asking on behalf of an eight-year-old daughter We'll, I, we'll get back to that. <laughs> no, I
3: actually did it the other day for the first time in about 20 years. I had a girlfriend visit with her little one and she was saying to me, um, she's a single mother, and she said to, her daughter said to me, I don't have any dresses for my Barbies to go to the ball. So I went into my office and I got some scraps and I made her some things just sitting there by hand. Um, and it really did bring me back. It brought me back to when I was young and that's what I always used to do. And I used to um I had like a rock that I would position them on and take film photos and go and make Dad develop them back in the day. Um, but it was the only thing I ever wanted to do was to make dresses, and it's a really difficult industry, not unlike you know these other two businesses here as well. Um, but it's I was lucky I knew what I wanted to do, but it was it's definitely a very hard industry to break into. And, you know, most people don't know that up until the end of last year, I had four other side jobs to just try and balance everything out. Daniel often yeah, see I, me pacing up and down the street doing other things. Most of them still engage with the community. I was doing work for Norwood Place, um, changing the mannequins, doing social media. So just trying to...
1: Keep your head afloat. Yep. And that's why, like, when this is the, one of the great things about the parade is we'll see each other walking and I can look at her and I'm like... Uh, she probably needs a check-in. Yeah. You know, she's <laughs> just just like, like, pacing up and yeah. down from yeah.
3: one end to the other.
1: Yeah, but I think you just actually started a new business there. Yeah. Couture for Barbie. <laughs> Couture for Barbie. Yes. I reckon Sorry that's actually that. a, a really good idea.
3: We've actually started, it's interesting, and this time people, we found a surge in christening dresses as well because people are still doing it with a smaller amount of people. So in the last three weeks, we've made three dresses. Um, wow. Whereas everything else, like weddings, has been postponed. So, yeah, little dresses yeah. as well, which is You fun. need
0: little needles, I guess, yeah, to, to like get the job done. Yeah, like tiny hands
3: done. done. But, um, no, it's, it's really lovely. It's just another way of. You know, being involved, and we had one client that was beautiful that found us on an online forum on Facebook um, and wanted to get her original wedding dress turned into a christening dress for her daughter. And it was just such a lovely thing to be able to do for her and, you know, something that she could potentially pass down. It must be nerve
0: wracking though, because that's oh, something yeah. very precious you're working on. And it's with. not
3: something you can replace. Like, no. I can't <laughs> just go and order more fabric <laughs> if I cut <got> it wrong. <laughs> so, um but it's a really lovely, yeah, thing to be a part of. And it's, um, smaller turnaround time and it's yeah it's different so
0: I think um when it comes to creativity I find that that dance can appear to be the most accessible but also the least accessible form of expression because it requires it has no language barriers Mm. anyone can appreciate a piece but Equally, a lot of people are, are, are nervous about dance. H- how do you bring people to the table? I mean, this is obviously a big part of what you're having to do, which is finding ways to share what ADT are creating. Oh, what's the secret, Nick? <laughs> if I knew, I'd be a rich man. No. Um, <laughs> no, you'd still be working uh,
2: in theatre. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think, look, that's something that really interests me um, because, as you said, dance is nonverbal. So, um, And contemporary dance more often than not is incredibly abstract. So it's not like going to watch Giselle or Swan Lake, where you know the story, where you can know the story. You know, as nonsensical as they might be, you you still have an understanding of of what that story is. And there's certain tropes and and parts of the stories that you understand with with contemporary dance or with the work that our AD Gary makes. um, You know, they are the I guess the the pointy end of contemporary dance. but they are, they are relatively abstract. There are still narrative elements in it. Um, but people have this perception that contemporary dance or a lot of contemporary versions of classical art forms are really impenetrable. Mm. So um, that's something that obviously – well, that I really want to try and work out and, and try and get a handle on because it's – I mean, you don't have to come to see our shows knowing necessarily what they're about. I mean, we had a showing at the Odeon on Friday night of a work that we're doing. We were meant to do this year, but we'll do next year instead. Um, and I was talking to one of our one of our supporters, and he kind of looked at me, you know, quite panicked, I guess, at the start, and said, well, "I don't, I don't, I don't know about the, I don't know anything about this work. I don't know if I'll understand." And I just went. Andrew, that's fine. You don't need to know anything about it. <laughs> and you know, he was met He said he'd have to leave halfway through because he had to go off and do something else. And he stayed till the end, and then he disappeared. But it was just kind of that idea that you have to know, mm. you have to know about the work to kind of appreciate it. I just, I, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with. But it's my job then to kind of say to people, mm. um, well, I guess what I want to do and what I hope that we can do at ADT and at the Odeon is really to. Is to provide the space for people to start to approach contemporary dance, and they may hate it. They may they can they may not like it at all, and they may find it really confronting, or they may find it boring, or uninspiring, or whatever. But it's just giving people the space to start to understand it or start to approach it. There's no point in us going. This is what dance is, and you must like it, and so we expect you to understand this, this, and this. I think that's 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 too patronising and it's not what we're meant to do. We have to provide a comfortable space for people to come in and start to explore and understand it. Or not understand it but just to find a connection to it because mm. when you, I mean, with the show that we had on Friday night, there were, it was all COVID safe. We had a checkerboard pattern in, in the theatre. So we had about 70 people in in the Odeon where we can normally seat about 220. Mm.
3: Yeah.
2: And I spoke to a number of people after the show and they each had a different response to the show. They read it differently. They read into it a whole lot of different things. So I think it's more, I think it's that's really important that we can encourage people to ascribe to seeing something like that, whatever they like. And it's not for us to say that it's right or wrong. Mm. Sure, the choreographers may have one idea of, of creating a work but then it's it's a genuine disservice, I think.
0: They need to bring their own imagination as an audience well, member think, to help create. Well, they the don't need, I don't.
2: They don't need to. They just will. Mm. You know, they'll see a work and they'll respond. You know, they'll respond respond incredibly differently, and not everyone will like it, and that's good because I think people would be lying if everyone said <laughs> they liked it. But I think if we can, if we can just open it up, because as you said, you know, it's it's on one part, it's the most accessible because it's nonverbal. Everyone can dance. Everyone can move. Right. But it's kind of we do it as children, but then it's kind of it's very out. private. It's very private, well, your- but also then it's it's kind of it's it's when you grow grow up, it's kind of it's, it's you're discouraged from doing it mm-hmm. in a way. To be a grown up, you're not meant to kind of do that. Whereas everyone can move and can dance, so I think everyone can approach it. It's the it's this kind of it's this mystique or this kind of mystery that's wrapped around either really contemporary dance or really contemporary music or really contemporary visual arts that then that then kind of confuses the situation and, and really they're quite, you'll have a very natural visceral response mm-hmm. to either sitting in a theatre or listening to a piece of music or going into a gallery. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really interested in that. It's not an easy thing to do, I don't think, but as long as we can make the space of the Odeon, or we can at least, or wherever ADT is, whether it's in other parts of Adelaide or interstate or overseas, it's at least saying to people that they can, that they can approach the company in the art form in any way they want.
0: And I think um, ADT is one example of this, but I, I keep thinking more and more, Christina, about what you were saying. You're taking one of the biggest risks of your life, starting mm-hmm. your own space, um, uh, hoping people will come to you, and you've chosen to take that risk here well on the parade but here in, in the, the nord area and Daniel you were talking about that need to constantly rejuvenate what you're doing to constantly bring more to the table and I think that to me speaks a lot about nord I think there are so many suburbs around Adelaide that rise and fall and you'll see they'll be hip for a while and then they'll go away but there's something that's constantly, constantly rejuvenating yeah. about that and I think you're right to take a punt on nord because I think it'll be here you know, last year, this year and next year. But what do you think it is about this area that makes it so, I don't know, it's just so constant. There's always something happening here. It never seems to fall away like so many other places do. Come on, Daniel, you're up. (laughs) That's a big
1: breath because I think what the parade's got going for it is in a mainstream sense is it's accessible. It's easy to drive down, Mm. easy to get it on street car park and that's a big thing for Adelaideans. I think we offer all the big key draw cards. We have cinemas, supermarkets, et cetera, et cetera. Then beyond that, we're still cosmopolitan to a degree. Mm. And Christina, with the history that she's had with the parade and knowing the Food and Wine Festival, Mm. this is not the parade at its best. We know that the parade can be a whole lot more than what it is. And it's about, you know, Giving the community that chance again to come back to life because, you know, you were around when the um,
3: yes, no wood, Food and Wine was school. around.
1: Yep. Loved it. Sure, it got a bit out of hand towards the end, but it was the it was only a event. Good event. It was an excellent really event. Really good event. You know, hundred thousand people on the street. Like mm. no one does that. Mm. Mm. And you know, the accessible parks around the area, then the heritage, I think, is what is so unique about our area that that we can say that. You know, Vari's um, gourmet deli was across the road from us. And, you know, the family that runs used to run the fish cafe, Mario's mm-hmm. Fish Cafe. It's all those things that we all know each other to and we're taking on a legacy. Because when we took over the Argo site, mm. my dad wanted to rename the site after him. He was going to call it Nev's Cafe. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, over my dead body, are we doing Isn't that? It's
0: quite the same ring. No, does it it? doesn't. And
1: like, because it's. You know, the owners of, um, the original owner of Argos, the Mm. Corona's family, they still come into the shop. So there's this continuity about what we're all doing Mm. and the parade has got such a bright future ahead of it Mm. and I'm looking forward to be part of that. I think we all are. Definitely. And it's now about how do we link together a bit more Mm. Mm. because I think during when COVID hit, we all just went into our shoals of going head down. Yeah, let's just work really (laughs) hard. Yeah, um, and now we can have that engagement, and it's you know ADT before you came, uh, you're on board last year. I was in WA, and it was about October, November, and ADD were doing a tour in WA, but it was in a small country town, mm. hundred kilometers inland, and I saw a couple of the dancers. I'm like, uh, what are you guys doing here? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, bringing Nord to the world. Yeah, <laughs> and so we have all this on our doorstep. We just need now to you know really ramp it up.
0: Yeah, I think I've um, grown up in this area, and that's going back a long way. And a lot of the businesses you've mentioned, they're not all here anymore. But there's something new, something great coming to take the place, and it's always there. Guys, uh, it's been an absolute honor to chat with the three of you. I've actually learned a lot and uh, that makes it a lot more fun. So, Christina, thank you. Daniel thank you. and Nick, thank you so much for your time and thank you for your contribution to the community. Guys, thanks for your time. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, we've certainly enjoyed the chat and uh, looking forward to seeing you around the neighbourhood. Cheers.